Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show and uh, Stephen Harris jumping in there just in the nick of time. You might have heard a little doot. If you hear that, folks, that is when um, basically people join the show. So hello, Stephen Harris. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, very good. Thank you, Paul. And uh, good evening, Block. Great to be on the uh, show. Always a privilege and a pleasure. I've not said hello to him yet. People, people don't know he's here yet, especially on the podcast. But I'll have, I'll, I'll, uh, we, can, we can move on to that now then. Because, uh, um, good evening, um, Boa. How are you doing, sir? Good evening, Mr. Baines. Good evening, Mr. Harris. And good evening, each and every one, wherever you are on planet Earth, joining us for the highlight of the week. Welcome to the show. Absolutely. And um, I see there that uh, Stephen's already gone to his drink, but um, it is a very, mund- a very mundane water. Whereas me, I'm on to the old uh, Moa Brewing, um, Platorius XPA uh, for me. Oh, oh, no, it's a special. Oh, wow. Sparkling pumped up. Wow. Get your products on there, Stephen. Um, we know you. you know, we know you, people, folks. Yes, buy some pumped up, especially if you're in the Auckland area from car, from um, petrol stations. We've got to keep Mr. Harris in um, in business. Um, there we go. And folks, uh, yes, you might have noticed we've been on a bit of life support for the past five weeks because I've had a full time work job with um, the Electoral Commission. Um, Mr. Harris has been really, really busy with his job. Arsfield has kicked off his job as well. So it's all been, we've all been quite busy. If you want to know the details behind that, you can head over to NZ Sport Radio um, for um, pulling back the curtains um, where I talk about what, uh, what's been going on and how we're hoping to now um, get back into um, growth mode and improving New, um, New Zealand Sports Radio from now on. So head over to NZ Sport Radio, say, for that article. Um, but, uh, yep, Stephen, it's been a bit of a, a, bit of a tough uh, kind of month, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Contrary to some uh, reports out there, there's been no collusion. We haven't had a falling out. We've just been absolutely busy. That's all it is. So no collusion. There's been a fake news. Yes, definitely. Um, fake, uh, there's fake news. Fake news. Fake fake news. news. <laughs> Keep counting, right? Keep counting. We've got to make sure we get the get the right result here for for New, for, for New Zealand Sport Radio. Um, all the votes count. Um, the uh, 
now we've got our uh, our bit of politics um, out of the way. The um, so um, Simon Hughes says he's had a bit of talk about the changing structure in my ten cup. That will be one of the things we'll talk about. We've got a new TV rights deal in Australia um, as well, which um, is uh, is is interesting. Um, obviously, minor ten cup. Who will get relegated? Well, if there is relegation, um, and who will make the playoffs? We'll have a quick chat about that today. Um, the rugby championship. Obviously, they've got the All Blacks versus Argentina coming up. Um, and as Boa said, um, it was Father Christmas giving out cards, Christmas cards, um, at the weekend. So uh, he would like to uh, have a chat about that. I think. Um, I want to be talking about his high tackle framework, <laughs> especially with, <laughs> with what happened there, um, as well. Um, and also we've got the Autumn Nations Cup or the ANC kicking off or what's been known as the Amazon Cup by a few people in Europe because it's going to be on Amazon over there. So, yes, going straight to streaming is are they going to be the new um, superpower in uh, sports media streaming? I don't know, but uh, they're having a go with the Autumn Nations Cup up there. Um, for those of you that don't know, we come to you live if you're listening to the recording. This comes out live at 8 p.m. every single Tuesday and you can join us on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, um, and uh, give us your comments, join the show, uh, ask any questions you, you like. Um, we've got Nocturnal Rights and Simon here on YouTube, which is nice to see you guys there um, this evening. Um, and uh, also, you can listen to us on the go um, with if you're wanting to um, listen to us in your car yeah, as a podcast, just search for New Zealand Sport Radio on your favorite podcatchers, or apparently nowadays, if you put New Zealand Sports Radio podcast into Google, it'll just take you to your podcatcher and our and our show wow the world is becoming connected if you hadn't already guessed wow now i've done a lot of talking there um so um stephen as as, as we're showing 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 the that we are still um got, got a good bro love going on what something would you like to kick off with this evening oh listen i think we probably should quickly jump into that the minor 10 cup and decide who's going to get relegated from the uh the chip, the championship. I, it's, it's, it's going to be a really, really interesting round, and uh, it really could come down to. I'm, I'm thinking maybe that North Harbour Bay of Plenty game because I, I can see Wellington getting past Manawatu quite comfortably. Now, Auckland, given their injury issues, although they did rest a few players, I can just see Canterbury. You, you saw Canterbury get up a level or two against Tasman last weekend, and I think they're the sort of side when they are desperate, they will treat this as a final I think they will get past Auckland and I do believe it will come down to that uh, that game between uh, Bay of Plenty and North Harbour unfortunately the loser of that game will probably fall down you feel a little bit for both of these teams they haven't played too badly at all and and Harbour will probably regret their slow start to the season and also a uh, one point loss to Southland down in Invercargill you know, question. I think uh, Harbour Bay of Plenty, as you rightly pointed out, Stephen, you got a feel for the team who goes down because it just goes to show how competitive this year's Mighty Ten has been. And I think uh, there's been a lot of interest, a lot of community interest. Uh, um, also, given that you know we've rolled on from um, Super Rugby Aotearoa and the whole post-COVID. There's been a lot of interest, lots of players coming back into the country, the overall quality and intensity, uh, key statistics like the ball, live in play, uh, time has increased. And of course, you know, players really vying for uh, professional contracts and spots on a uh, playing team roster has really pushed the competition to its edge. 
So, yeah, really looking forward to it this week. Um, Auckland, despite all the injuries, as I said uh, a couple of shows uh, ago, they've um, you know they've really done some planning pre-season and all that is now coming to fruition. So, uh, yeah, going to be a very, very interesting uh, weekend of games this weekend. Um, just one point here, I've just noticed. Here, here I am, I've got them pulled up the official Minor 10 Cup table. Um, and they managed to somehow put the championship above the premiership, doing an alphabetical order, when the premiership is the, is, is, is the top competition. Come on, boys. Let's have a bit of uh, um, a bit more professionalism here with your, with your display of, of your tables and get them the right way around for a start. I'm looking at that thinking, Hawks Bay, top of the table. That's an interesting one. Oh, no, it's the championship. Um, so, um, so, yes. Um, also, breaking folks, um, Super Rugby Aotearoa will be, um, and is, they're announcing their schedule for next um, uh, for next year. Apparently, the uh, Blues will be kicking off on the 27th of February. So anyway, we'll, uh, as we get more news on that, I will um, let, we, we will definitely talk about that in the second half of the show. As I believe it comes out at 8.30 p.m. today. Um, we've maybe got a little bit of a, a little bit of sneak news there. Um, Paul, Paul, I was going to say just before we break away, from the uh, Minor Ten Cup, it's going to. Oh be no, we've got all the Minor Ten Cups to go. Don't worry. That was yeah. just that was just quick quick teaser. Sort of happening later later in the show. Um, I was going to say the championship's quite interesting as well because that's uh, it's uh, it's still alive. Obviously, by the look of it, three three teams well and truly uh, confirmed uh, for the finals. But of course, Northland and Southland battling it out for that fourth place. Southland travel to uh, Pukekohe to take on uh, Counties Monaco, and uh, they are requiring. Uh, by the look of it, a, a four-point win, maybe one with a bonus point to make sure. And uh, Northland, well, they will require a win over Waikato, but they can afford a loss as long as they pick up two points. So they'll be looking to score four tries and an extra bonus point, which will put them on 21 points. Now, they'll be equal with Southland, but on account back, um, it was a case of who beat who. I think it's Northland that will scrape through. But, boy, that hard to know how that... Uh, could end up on saying that Southland, uh, Southland and Northland could both lose, and it's pretty much how the table table lies. And there's plenty to play for for the top two teams, with Hawks Bay and Otago, because it's probably a case of trying to get a uh, a home semi semi final. Although uh, down in the Hawks Bay at the moment, um, I would almost say McLean Park is probably still a little bit underwater at this stage, after all that deluge of rain that they received in the last 48 hours. Yeah, there might be an element there of um, yeah that they that they have to move it because of the because uh, because the conditions where are they playing this week. Oh, this week they're, they're at least they're away in uh, Taranaki um, this uh, this weekend. Um, and actually, that uh, that trip over to Taranaki uh, it's um, an interesting one, isn't it? So I was reading that uh, there's been a recent change in the uh, travel rules. Maybe it's a couple of years ago now that um, previously. Uh, if your trip was over four hours by coach, you got to fly. Um, but um, they changed that now to six hours um, by coach uh, before you were allowed to fly, which um, clearly means that things like Taranaki to Auckland previously were, were a flight. Um, now, if Taranaki play um, Harbour or Auckland or um, or counties, they have to drive, for example. So um, now it's put down on, on travelling costs. So I wonder, is Jack and Hawke's Bay to, to uh, um, or Napier to... Uh, New Plymouth is that is that a six hour drive or will it be flying over? That's that's an interesting. As you have mentioned it, I'm just googling it at the moment. Also, I'll be back to you very very shortly with that. 
So yes, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see whether they do get to uh, whether they get to fly or whether they get to coach. Um, so, but uh, Napier up to um, Tauranga, for example, is a coach trip for the uh, Hawks Bay boys because uh, they were jumping on the coach straight after the coach trip back. Now, one of the uh, issues with this, obviously, uh, is that there's no post-match function um, for the socialising, which I think is a bit of a shame to see that having disappeared. Um, I did talk with um, Andrew Strawbridge about that the other week. And you'll say, yeah, it comes down to cost um, that they will pop into the sheds afterwards and have a chat. Um, but so, yeah, it comes, it does come down to cost uh, for, for those. So, what does Google say, Steve? Five, five hours and 20 minutes. There we go. <laughs> so they'll be bussing. They'll be bussing. There we go. So, uh, um, yeah, it's going to be a, a tough, it's a, that's a long old trip um, to then go play a game. And especially when you're jumping into, into uh, a coach straight after the game, your body's stiffening up. Uh, you haven't to sit down. You can't move around or, or stretch or do the proper recoveries that you're supposed to do. Sit in an ice bath or whatever, whatever they do. It sounds horrible to me. That does, but anyway. Um, so yeah, if you you got to say yeah, even if they do win that one and travel home, the following, that's got to impact their, their 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 following week. So the fact that they were up in Bay of Plenty yet last week, long long uh, coach trip back after the game, a long coach trip now. Those things we don't normally take into account when we're doing our predictions. Around these games, but it definitely is going to take some time on its players, isn't it, Bob? Absolutely, no question about it. So, really interesting this year, obviously, with uh, COVID 19 and all these cost cutting measures. It's um, interesting, but at the same time, I'm actually quite happy that some of these you know, professional teams are willing to go through these arduous processes and um, you know, experience what most amateur or semi professional teams would. So, uh, look, it's, it is what it is. Um, hopefully, it doesn't take too much of a toll. But traveling constantly, being on the road and having to go and play contact sport is very, very difficult. And you are absolutely right. When we do make our predictions, we need to take this into consideration. Um, and that's why this weekend, I'm actually really bullish on Northland Tanifa getting up. And I'm actually um, going to tip them to win and win with a bonus point. So watch out for the Tanifa. With a bonus point over Waikato, what have you been smoking, sir? You do realise that, that that referendum got lost. You do. You, you understand that, don't you? Um, well, the, the reason I say that is the Tanifa, they've been, the, the, the improvement has been tremendous. And, of course, one key statistic you're seeing with Northland is that the handling errors have really come down and they're playing some good continuous footing. And I think uh, that's going to keep them in good stead. They're the form horse, in my view, it's going to be upset of sorts. Very bullish on Northland beating Waikato with a bonus point. Go on, Stephen. You're, you're, you're the Northland boy. Oh, I'll just go with. I'll go along with what he says. I don't, I don't believe. I don't believe it for a moment. But I'm just going to go along with that. I'll run with that. Uh, dear. Now. Uh, this weekend, unfortunately, I have – well, not unfortunately. Fortunately, I've got my daughters this weekend, but that does – unfortunately, that means I can't get to any games um, this weekend. Um, so I won't be going to any games. Uh, but um, we do have a couple of very popular videos from our games last weekend. Um, I got to interview um, a, a couple of guys about uh, the, uh, or the, the the events that were put on for Nathan Strongarm, um, who unfortunately is the uh, – sorry, he's the ex-player plenty and ex-Waikato player. Uh, center um, who unfortunately is suffering with cancer at the moment so um, you can go listen to the events that they've got going um, to support him but Stephen you also had a very popular um, video 
uh, from the weekend as well with one of the uh, uh, Auckland players from Northland. Yeah, yeah, a young young fellow who made his debut for Auckland on the weekend, plays for uh, Ponsonby in the uh, Gallagher Shield competition, and that was Terrell uh, Pater p- making his uh, debut, and he is a Northland boy from the uh, from the Hokianga up up there in the uh, the far north, and he's a, he's a young fellow who came down here to Auckland to school. I think he may have schooled at uh, Mount Albert Grammar. He's certainly a a, a lovely young kid and, and very very sizable as well but of course i uh, copied it into his uh, local club up north and yeah we got we got some uh, uh, nice likes on the page and a, and a lot of comments and just want to wish the young man all the very very best of course uh, from uh, that auckland under 19 team last year that played down at the uh, jock hobbs uh, uh, the tournament in uh, topol there were four northland boys in that under 19 side of course rob rush who's currently playing for northland terrell pater and uh, also Hedemaya Murray, and of course John Latu, who's uh, a number eight, also from uh, Ponsonby. Uh, very, very good kids, and, and great to see. You know, listen, they're taking their opportunities in the uh, in the big city. And interesting, Paul. While Paul's uh, sorting his jerseys out, I uh, just looked at the draw for the weekend. Now, one advantage Northland will have the county's Manukau Southland game is actually on Friday night. It's the uh, first up game in the Mitre Ten Cup. So. Northern will know exactly what they have to do when they um, lock horns with uh, Waikato on a Saturday. But of course, I think Waikato School have got a lot to play for. They'd be really disappointed with that last-minute loss against uh, uh, Bay of Plenty on a Sunday, a game that Paul was out. And we saw some great videos, uh, Paul, that you released uh, from that game. Well, we didn't actually because I'm not releasing them, but I do need to release them. Yes, absolutely. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I don't think I release them. Um, I, need to, I need to very quickly get them uploaded. So they'll go up tonight um, before, um, after the show. But yes, I had a chat with um, Luke Jacobson um, after that game. Yeah, they were they were disappointed. But uh, uh, and but uh, you got to say that uh, Clayton McMillan um, was uh, obviously very happy, as was, I've gone blank as to the... Um, as to who from the steamers I interviewed. I, I know I wanted to interview the final try scorer, Joe, but unfortunately he's a bit camera shy. Um, and so he, um, he's, uh, so, so he, I end up um, actually with Mitch Carpick instead. Because, um, uh, yeah, so the original person I wanted to talk to was, was too camera shy. You can't send out for the ladies, by the way. Um, at the um, Probables versus Possibles at the weekend, uh, fantastic game there. Um, the uh, Black Ferns squads have been announced for the game this weekend. Um, unfortunately, I can't get along to that one um, in Henderson, but um, should be a cracker against Barbarians. Um, and I did do some wonderful interviews from there. So do do catch those if you can. Um, some, uh, again, on the New Zealand Sport Radio Facebook page. Um, so yeah, so it's a cracking weekend there. Um, so um, from you, from each of you then, from Boa, uh, start with you then, who in the Premiership is, getting, is going to finish last and that may get relegated, depending on our next discussion, uh, and who is going to make the playoffs? Well, uh, relegation. I'm, I'm, I'm actually looking at Wellington. Um, again, form line's been a bit scratchy, and as far as uh, really, really like uh, how Canterbury responded with, um, as Stephen rightly mentioned, they, they look really desperate. They looked like they were uh, someone who's been pushed to a corner, and boy, they came out uh, pulling out all the stops. So, a little bit, little bit worried for the Lions. Uh, Really bullish on Canterbury. Um, the uh, the well, okay. So interesting there for um, 
because I mean Wellington have got Mauer too. So wow, I can't I can't see that happening. Um, Stephen, you you uh, in your pre you, so you're you're down to between uh, Bay of Plenty and um, North Harbour. Come on, money on the line. Which one is it? Oh boy. Only if, if I say North Harbour, Dave Worsley will never invite me back to uh, North Harbour Stadium ever again. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm unfortunately going to go Bay of Plenty, and I'm sorry to all those Bay of Plenty supporters out there, but they'll probably prove me wrong and, and beat North Harbour, but it'll be one of those two teams. On, on saying that, boy, you, you, you never know. I fired up. I mean, I say, well, Auckland supporters would love nothing better than to, to roll Canterbury down in Christchurch, but I... Listen, you saw the level Canterbury are, are capable of, and I think they will just take it up a gear against Auckland. So, unfortunately, yeah, Bay, Bay of Plenty, unfortunately. Well, okay, you're, so we've got uh, Wellington and Bay of Plenty. Myself, I'm going for Canterbury. I just, I just think Auckland, as you say, will want to to, to put them down, and um, will do so. So, I'm going for Bay of. I'm going for, I'm going for Canterbury. Uh, I just can't see Wellington losing to Manawatu, too, um, but I think Auckland um, really will want to. Um, Put some uh, put, put put Canterbury down and go in with some good um, uh, to go with some good uh, good momentum into the final series. So there you go, folks. Three different teams from us shows you how close it's going to be. Shows you how you really need to pay attention to it this weekend. And also join us at eight pm on Sunday evening for the rugby review show. Once we know what the answer is, I, I, I'm just I'm just sensing this weekend we we're going to see a number of upsets. It's just we we're, we're at that point in the season where I think some of these underdogs are going to come up with that one-off performance we've uh, all been waiting for. And my personal take is that this is the weekend. So watch out. Um, so it's going to be cracking. Uh, yeah. And with those results, as I say, with three of us getting three different people getting uh, relegated, who knows <laughs> what the top four are going to look like. Um, it, we'll just have to wait um, and see on that one. So then, as Stephen says, I was putting up my jerseys, and there was a reason for that. It wasn't just me, just uh, and that was basically because, as you can probably tell, we love the Minor Ten Cup on this um, on this channel. Um, Stephen and I have been to a lot of games. Um, uh, as uh, Ashwin as well uh, goes on to do all the uh, the Auckland games as well. Um, Boa, you clearly follow it very closely as you've been telling us about different stats from those teams. So look, it is um, uh, it is a uh, uh, it's a competition that we do love, uh, and um, to see Mark Richardson or to be coming out and suggest changes purely on a uh, financial point of view, not on a performance point of view, I find really disappointing. And that's why I put the jerseys up to support our Minor Ten Cup provinces. And that's um, so that's why I was doing it during the um, during the show. Um, so the rumours are that they're going to split the um, the Minor Ten Cup into a North and a South division the way they have done with the Farrah Palmer Cup this year, and then just have two semi-finals and one final to finish. Um, currently, um, we have four semi-finals and two, two, two finals, one for the Premiership, one for the uh, Championship. Pardon me. So that would mean um, three less games um, as well, um, as well as reduced travel. Um, thoughts uh, on this change? Um, Boa, what are, you, what are your thoughts on this change to uh, go north-south? Yeah, look, uh, you know, Obviously, financial constraints, economics has put huge pressure. And I completely understand some of the boardroom decisions and Mark Robinson and his board wanting to go down the route. But I, for one, I am completely against it. I, I want to see 
these provinces. I want to see these communities being represented. All it all it's going to do is limit the number of players, uh, limit the number of uh, run on time, um, and also limit the number of games. So I think the current the the current format is great. Uh, it's giving players plenty of opportunity, and also we're seeing some cracking games. Whether it's fully financially viable, well, according to NZR, it isn't. But maybe they need to explore some further opportunities and um, desperately look to hang on to this same format for at least maybe another season. Purely because we're seeing some cracking games. We're seeing a lot of high-quality players coming back into New Zealand who've, uh, you know, who obviously wouldn't have otherwise played rugby uh, you know, because of COVID-19 and uh, movements with contracts, etc. So I'm not a fan of the new split or the new rumoured split. I say keep this format, try it for another season. Um, we're just going to see better and more high-quality, more high-intense games at Mitre 10 slash NPC level. Uh, Stephen? Yeah, I don't know. Listen, I, I, I think back to the Farrah Palmer Cup where if you look at the, the top four teams that made it through, I don't necessarily think you you probably may have seen the best four teams go through. And that's a little bit of of, of my concern with this format. You, you're just basically putting it in, in such a structure from, from areas. Are you going to get the best teams there at the end of the day? I'm, I'm not so, I'm not so sure. It, it's a little bit. It's a little bit weird too. I mean, say if you win, if you win the championship this year, do you go up, or is this this structure not for next year, or is it a couple of years away for? Oh the, no, the argument is potentially for next year. So, um, so, uh, so, but uh, scurrilous rumours suggesting that this is a, a Canterbury thing to stop them from getting relegated um, is. Uh, I, I don't think it's true. Um, but um, no. <laughs> um, all joking aside, no, it does. It's uh, yeah. No, the 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 rumours are that it is for next season. Um, the, and also, if we look at that North-South format, as you say, not necessarily the best teams got through um, uh, with uh, with North and, and uh, Counties missing out. Um, but uh, you've got teams like North Harbour um, that got two points, uh, no wins. Taranaki got um, just the one win. Tasman, also no wins. Hawke's Bay, no, uh, just the one win. Um, putting those uh, putting putting those teams in with... Uh, it, it just just creates more uneven games, which isn't good for, for the competition, isn't good for the quality of rugby. Um, and I'm not saying we necessarily end up with the same uh, situation in the men's game because it's more developed in the women's game. Um, that uh, And the women's game is still much more amateur at that level. Uh, and some of those programmes are only a year or two too old. Whereas, look, let's be honest, the men's programmes are 100-odd years old. It's Waikato's 100th year next year, for example. Um, so... Um, the uh, so, so these these programs so I'm not saying it would necessarily be exactly the same, but it gives you an indication that yeah you're going to end up with more lopsided games uh, potentially. Uh, um, is Canterbury going to get much uh, or, or Tasman in this case going to get much uh, going to get the same sort of test in the south? We saw Canterbury run away with it in the Farrah Palmer Cup. Um, so to me, um, I, I, yeah, I'm not a fan of it. They they are saying that they would keep um, the crossover games, so you still have. Four games um, crossing between the two the uh, two conferences. Um, that way, the Ranfurly Shield can move backwards and forwards, which was a key um, a, a, a key decision apparently. Um, so um, the uh, so yes, yeah, so to me that that that's um, uh, that that's that's 
that, that that's at least a, a slight saving grace within this. Clearly, Arswin doesn't understand the idea of this. He's saying, can't we split the island left, east, and west, up and down? That doesn't reduce the amount of travel, sir. The whole point of this is reducing travel. It's not about improving the format. It's about cost. Um, and uh, splitting it north-south would not, as well as putting a line down the country, so east-west, would not work um, for um, for that one. Um, so, yes, no, that, that's, that, that would not be a, a good move. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I guess, look, roundly here, we're all anti it. And I think what we're seeing here is a bunch of um, uh, nests um, coming home to, uh, sorry, a bunch of hens coming home to roost here. Uh, for many years, New Zealand rugby has just looked after brand or blacks as far as money generation goes. Um, they've seen Super Rugby um, and Mousetank Cup purely as a conveyor belt for players um, and as a cost, not a money-generating space, uh, and by giving it no love on the marketing side of things, really uh, have seen crowds and revenue dwindle in those competitions, so they've had to be subsidised more and more, um, whereas if they put more effort into marketing those competitions, having them become, I'm not saying they could be fully self-funding, but having them slightly more self-funding would have meant that, um, that we wouldn't be in uh, this much trouble now um, when it came to, to, to COVID. So I think a, n a number of hens coming home to roost. Um, now, Mark Richardson isn't the guy to blame for that. That's more a Steve Chu issue um, over the last, or, or even the um, the person before him. Uh, but um, because, look, they used to have um, the, uh, they used to have um, uh, big crowds at these events. Jack says, look, stop playing two games at the same time. Um, the reason they play two games at the same time is because the competition is about live audience more than being just purely a TV um, uh, generate uh, a kind of competition. Um, and they get better crowds uh, at 2 p.m. More people want to turn up at 2 p.m. to watch again than they do on Thursday night um, at 9 a.m. Um, and also, uh, I think, uh, sorry to interrupt, Paul. You know, it's 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 important that we have a full round robin, especially at uh, NPC level, uh, purely because you know most of these guys they this is the pathway or the entrance into professional rugby, so they need to get used to the whole uh, you know that lifestyle, that wanting uh, the attitude to go out play professional rugby week in week out. Travel is very much part of it. Um, by actually curtailing that, we're not preparing players who will have necessarily the right type of grounding as they progress through the ranks. So my personal view is that it's really important that we have a full round robin. Uh, I think we have a great format, and I think we're starting to get some really good community engagement. Um, and there's, there's, you know, there's, there's a real sense of intensity just looking at the statistics right across the competition. Um, and it's really important from player and quality of rugby de development that we um, have a, a good, solid round robin. Because what I'm starting to now see is that even in the provincial unions with the uh, club competition, they're starting to take this direction purely based on economics. And they're looking at trying to merge clubs. Um, and all that's going to do is curtail and drop the amount of opportunities for players who can go and you know represent a premier team. <clears throat> 
Paul, I was I was going to say something. I think New Zealand Sport Radio has done really, really well. We haven't always gone when we've done our after match interviews. We haven't always gone to to known players. Like for example, I did Terrell Pater on the weekend, and you could just basically see the response we we got from family and friends. You know, other people who probably wouldn't always be that engaged on that sort of uh, on that sort of platform and throughout the year I know you did the story on uh, on Nathan Strongman as well Paul and once again it's just that community that community feel you know people <clears throat> people wanting wanting to contribute whether whether it's with, with a comment or a like and when it comes to community engagement for the New Zealand rugby union they just absolutely drop the ball they they think we all want we want to see these um generic videos of of All Blacks just fin- finishing their training at a, at a press conference. And, you know, quite frankly, it's, it, for me, it, it's very tired. But what I do like about the Amada Team Cup, where you've got a young guy who's on his debut, you, get, you just get a different audience. You get new people watching, new people engaging. And I, I just think it's really important for, for our game. You know, you, you, you get those interests from the aunties, the uncles, you know, sister, sisters, brothers, other other people start tuning in. It's just um, we've just got to become a little bit more engaging at those lower levels. And uh, like I say, it, it does my head in. One one hundred percent, and it's all about community engagement. And I, I think that's what that's the beauty of the Mighty Ten Cup. It's starting to do that. And if you want to broaden your horizon and get more of, uh, you know, what what I would call fresh engagement. Not the usual, you know, generic uh, stuff which we're fed of, uh, you know, fed through, you know, the the spawn. I'm gonna name the sponsors, but you know, I'm talking about all that marketing mm-hmm. stuff. You know, we, we, we the community engagement is ab- absolutely critical because 99 percent of your game or the growth of the game comes from the grassroots at community level. It's you know, the professional level. The, the highest level is just less than one percent of the entire slice. So trying to put all your eggs in that basket is actually counterproductive. Yeah, and we, we get the opportunity to talk to people like Luke Jacobson. We've talked to Aaron Smith, um, I'm trying to other, um, or um, Sam Kane. Uh, we've talked to, uh, to, to those sort of people. We find that the videos, as, as Stephen said, with the lesser people who don't get to, um, uh, who, who don't get the exposure, um, are the ones that actually give us the better views. Um, and it's what people, and uh, at the end of the day, um, you can say, oh, um, we, we do complain that some uh, websites have become um, clickbait and they just go for views. Um, that's not how we've done that. We've, we, the, 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 when we see views, it's because that's what people want to see and people are sharing it. Um, and uh, that's what, um, so yes, we are, um, uh, yeah, we definitely see that those, that, yeah, there is a whole crowd of people who don't get any exposure that if they did, um, a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of people would be uh, very interested um, into in, in them um, in entirely. Um, so yes, um, it is. Uh, it's, it's a real shame that they haven't put more more effort in there. Uh, we are doing um, the best that we can to try and uh, help um, grow uh, the Mitre Ten Cup. Now, if you would like to help us, there are a number of ways to do it. Non financially, obviously, turning up and look watching our shows is fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, sharing our shows uh, is also uh, very, very helpful um, on whichever platform uh, you're, you're watching or listening on, or even just telling your mates if you're listening on the podcast. 
Um, but if you'd like to help us financially, uh, then there, you can head over to NZ Sport Radio. Dot, uh, sorry, patreon.com forward slash NZ Sport Radio. Um, and you can uh, sign up for it's a dollar a month uh, and you get access to exclusive videos and uh, articles as well that I put out, uh, as well as helping support us to get around um, all these games uh, and produce all this um, content um, for you. So, um, so yes, so there you go, folks. Um, uh, uh, yeah, it'll be a real shame if the My 10 Cup does go this way. Um, we will still follow. We will still follow it and um, and promote it. Um, but we do. We we love the format it is now, and I think more promotion uh, and growing it is the answer, not um, shrinking it. Um, uh, as as Boa says, uh, that the way we've seen the provinces do with their club rugby um, is, is 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 the way to go, folks. That um, yeah, grow um, smaller uh, isn't always better. And as Arthur says, for one dollar a month, little Paul gets to eat, um, and. Uh, so yes, that way um, I, I get to eat. So um, cool. Uh, so look, that's we had that's half an hour of um, of, uh, of of my ten cup chat, folks. Uh, and I say it is one of our favourite competitions of the year. But um, I do feel since Father Christmas came at the weekend, I do need to give Boa um, his time in the sun to um, to talk um, uh, about cards. Well, where do I start? Guys, I have to say, this whole, uh, you know, Santa Claus giving out cards uh, for Christmas, uh, it was inevitable. Uh, now, last week on the show, I was going on about some of those head-high challenges the uh, Wallabies put, have been putting on, uh, especially that shot um, which took up Sam Kane, which is Harry Wilson. Now, the problem here is, with these high shots, the current World Rugby high tackle framework, it, it looks great on a PowerPoint presentation because, you know, everything goes nice. Yes, no, yes, no. It's a nice flowchart. But the reality is you have to be delusional to think that it is going to work um, where, you know, rugby is a, is, is a contact sport where, you know, it's a fluid sport. It's just not practical enough for these situations where everything happens a hundred times faster, especially at Test Rugby. Let me be very clear. We're not talking about grassroots or we're not talking about amateurs. We're talking about Test Rugby. Now, if Test Rugby, if it was that easy, everyone would be playing it. But we're talking about a handful of professional athletes who um, do this week in, week out. And some of the hits you see, you know, the, the monumental. And all it takes is a split second for things to go awry. Now, as seen on TV Last Saturday, we had two, uh, well, pretty fiery collisions, you know, contact straight to the head. Now, according to the framework, the referee made the right call. But again, guys, the problem here is what coaches at the highest level are teaching these players to do, i.e. limit the space, dip late, last moment. And of course, what World Rugby want everyone else to do with their high tackle framework, i.e. making sure that they take the shoulder, chin, neck, head completely out of the equation. And of course, what fans understand is acceptable or what they think is acceptable. There's so much disjoint. This is causing a lot of confusion. And all it's doing is it's actually diluting the game. It's softening the game and it is absolutely ruining it. So a few weeks back, I've been... Um, 
I, I spoke to you um, all about my SDF, which is the Safe Tackle Framework. Uh, one of my suggestions was to have the Safe Tackle line, which is a visual guideline on all the playing shirts, sternum line and below. Now, again, this is not the be-all and end-all. It, all it is, it, it is a guideline. Uh, but, you know, we're, we're all human, and especially the referees, um, you know, as, as, as we see, they're, they're, they're very prone to making mistakes. Um, and I'll, I'll talk specifically about those two cards now, the, the Ofa Tungafasi red card. Yeah, no, no, no. Before you get on to that, let, let's, let, let's, let, let's um, talk about some of the, the points you have, um, you, you, have, uh, you have brought up there. Um, that, uh, yes, it is a fluid game. And yes, there is going to be object um, subjectivity within it. The, the problem is we, we, we either have a flow chart like we have now for red cards or we have pure subjectivity. Um, and we've complained before that we have lack of lack of consistency between games and within games. At least by having this flowchart, you get some consistency uh, within it. Um, but yes, it does mean that you take some of that um, understanding of the game out of the decision. Um, but if you don't have, if but but you you can't have both things. You can't have consistency um, and also uh, and also empathy. I'm afraid you either have one or the other. Now, you can argue whether we do get consistency or not. But, but you can see that World Rugby is trying for consistency in these um, decisions. Well, be, be, be that as it may, if, if you actually look at the flowchart and actually what's happening, you know, the, the flowchart basically expects players or ball carriers to run completely upright into a tackle. And as you saw in one of the tackles, you know, clearly a player, you know, dipped in actually both cards, they dipped. Um, and, you know, guys, we're talking about milliseconds. You know, the reaction time is such a short time. And, you know, you're coming in at such a, a fierce space. Now, Ofa's, Ofa Tungafasi's uh, red card, the initial contact was the ball carrier's fist and wrist making contact with Ofa's chin. That meant that Ofa momentarily took his eyes off the target and he just followed through. That was just instinct and reflex. And what resulted was his shoulder completely flattening out the uh, Wallaby's chin. Now, yes, according to the framework, that's a dead set red. But from a practical point of view, you know, those sort of collisions are bound to happen at Testo. Hence, that is why in my STF or safe tackle framework, I suggested an on-field orange card. So you're 10 minutes in the bin. This is the perfect situation. But it is an automatic judicial hearing straight away, 48 hours after the game. If there is a valid case to answer, as, as was the case with uh, Swinton, the Wallaby who has now been suspended for uh, four games, clearly, you know, that was just a big shoulder charge. I've been going on about this dead arm technique these Wallabies use. They, they are coached. Now, don't for a moment believe the line they say that it was unintentional. Of course, it was intentional. These guys know what they're doing. It was a straight shoulder, straight to the head. We saw Harry Wilson do that to Sam Kane the week before. And also, um, we had Hunter Paisami using that same technique on Caleb Clark. So, you know, these guys know what they're doing. Again, the onus is on the coaches and players to lower. You see this STL safe tackle line? They need to start using these guys, you know. And from, from World Rugby's point of view and referee's point of view, they need to start using some common sense so that they don't leave fans and the sport in a delusional state. Now, 
It's very not. It's a very nineteen eighties um, uh, uh, stripe there. I remember having a Gap um, uh, jumper with the same sort of stripe on it. Um, and yes, the, look, World Rugby is trying to get tackles down there, and players need to bend their knees and tackle lower. Uh, and that's going. And you're right. It comes down to coaching, and it's about when do coaches get the message to, that they need to train their players to tackle lower. Um, now, why are they tackling so high? It's because they're trying to wrap up the ball. Um, and uh, stop the offload and the quick and the, and the quick um, uh, and 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 try and have a um, uh, and, and try and have these dominant um, tackles. But um, look, those um, and and until we and, until we just sort of get the coaches to change their mindset that actually look, you can have a dominant tackle hitting around the sternum. You're still probably you've got a good chance of knocking the ball out and loose uh, and getting the knock on. Um, so look, you're better off getting the guys down that bit and, and hitting there because also they're driving upwards and they can actually make a dominant tackle. So yeah, it's about you're right. It is about getting the coaches to change their, their change their tune. I disagree with you on the uh, that um, uh, on 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 the, 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 that uh, about the empathy and, and, and peace that's that sort of side of things. Um, but um, I do agree with you that we need to get that down lower. Um, we did discover we did discuss the actual tackles at length. Um, so I know there's a bunch of comments, particularly from Ashwin and Aaron, in the chat about the actual tackles. We discussed those at length on Sunday evening in the review show. So I don't uh, intend to go back over this, these specific tackles, but just more the general um, card piece. Um, Stephen, any other points you want to? It's 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 really interesting. You, you've got rugby league that puts a guy on report. They don't compromise. They don't compromise the 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 actual the actual game. It's not a. It, it doesn't become. It doesn't become a mismatch. The game carries on. The guy who's put on report basically is taken care of by a ju judiciary. Either way, he's gonna he's gonna get get punished. I, I just I just hate the fact that people pay good money, really good money for test matches. You know, we spoke about we spoke about crowds struggling to fill struggling to fill Eden Park, struggling to fill Wellington Stadium. A couple of hundred bucks is a hell of a lot to pay out for a test match. I would be really peeved off if I went to a game and there was a sending off, whether it was the team that that I was that the All Blacks were playing against or even the All Blacks. It, to me it just it just takes a lot of the the experience experience away. I know there's a bit of risk involved, but I like what rugby league does. They put it on report. It's still an offense at the end of the day. The player's gonna get punished via the judiciary what is what is so wrong with that okay so um is there a difference between playing amateur rugby league and nrl are, are, are the laws different does do, do nrl have their own laws or is that or are the laws set from grassroots all the way to the top and are the same i think i think paul the administrators of rugby league realize that they're in the entertainment business <clears throat> exactly exactly like rugby so they will basically deal with it after the fact, um, I, I would imagine an amateur rugby league, it, it, it's pretty much the same. Players will go on report. Listen, different story if you see a player doing absolutely something really bad, like I don't know, I don't know, like eye gouging, something like that. Really, really bad foul play. But we also seen situations where players take it in the air and they come down dangerous. Yeah, it's 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 not a it's not a good look. Um, especially if the player is is injured, but I think if it if it is totally totally blatant and the referee's got no choice, 
yeah, that's that's when it, it does become a little bit tricky. Yeah, I look, guys. I think red cards have to be saved for what to, what you would call, you know, blatant foul play. If you kick someone in the head, if you punch someone, you know, repeatedly, if you bite someone, eye gouge, you know, something really nasty, you know. So, so based on this logic, if those, if if we saw those two red cards, and let's say we take a situation like the week before where. Uh, Daigunu took out Caleb Clark out in the end. Now, that should have been a red card. Again, we're starting to see the subjective. What do you do? Do you give Daigunu two red cards? Do you do you, do you give him a, a darker color red card? This is where the problem is. And also, I have to say, in the same game, you know, there there were a number of other head high contacts which met the the red card criteria based on. World Rugby's, um, you know, high tackle framework. But again, they were ignored. And clearly, you could hear the referee telling the TMO and the touches, oh, no, no, it's just a penalty. So this is where the problem comes in. So I think some common sense, some sanity needs to prevail. World Rugby, I've spoken to you on a number of occasions, adopt the STF framework. Yellow, orange, red, keep it simple. Don't take hours and hours to discuss this on the big frame, uh, on, on the big screen, talking everything through. If if it is a head die, if it looks dubious, orange guard, he goes to the now, main for it. So okay, so so with with games that are televised and we have multiple camera angles, I can I I, I can understand where you're coming from, and I could okay, um, I could uh, yeah I, I, I could get that um, at amateur level where there's no cameras, and you're going to go off basically people's memory of what happened. I don't think that the that it works in such a good way, and I, I prefer. The deterrent of that red card saying, Look, you've turned up to play this week this weekend, and if you do something stupid, you're not paying the game. Um, you don't you don't get to do what you wanted to do this weekend. Um, and therefore off you go. Uh so I think I, 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 if we went down that route, I wouldn't I think we'd, it'd be fine for televised games, but I think for amateur games that are not televised, I think um we should uh, we, we it should be I would stick with the current setup. And, and guys, the other most critical part is there's just simply not enough education and coach education, coach player education around this high tackle framework and how to approach it. This is where the problem is. You can't just dump something on the game where there's a lack of education. It's it's like you know speeding tickets and bad drivers. It's all very good handing out speeding tickets and demerit points, but if you have bad drivers, you're only going to see more speeding tickets and more demerit points. Instead. You need to teach people what to do. And this is where, uh, particularly, uh, you know, the work I'm doing with STF Safe Tackle Framework, there has to be proper coach education. And no matter, you know, especially at the highest level, all these coaches will say, no, no, we've got to tackle low, we've got to tackle low. But as soon as you go into their coaching camps and look at some of their contact drills, you see the choke tackle, you see the rep tackle. Uh, you know, it, it is ridiculous. So this is one key area which World Rugby really needs to clamp down on. World Rugby have appointed uh, Joe Schmidt as their high-performance coaching director. Now, Joe Schmidt himself, I have seen uh, them employ this rugby league-style tackle where they're going nice and high and dipping late. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is a huge challenge, guys. This is a huge challenge for World Rugby. They need to sort this out. The coaches need to sort it out. And also, what this will eventually do is... Because World Rugby are going to double down and they're going to stamp, you know, really stamp down on the uh, the, the head eye context, there will be a, a significant game changing decision which is going to come up over the next few weeks. Um, and you know, the referee who pulls out the card, he or she is going to get thrown under the bus. 
that is what is going to happen. Well, well, let's we'll, we'll see on that one. Um, the but you're right, um, and if I'm not if I'm not careful, I'll end, I'll end up diving down into a, a political rabbit hole here. But prevention <laughs> is always better than cure, um, and as you say, so yes, education is better um, than cards, um, and that applies across the board for pretty much everything. Is that look? But unfortunately, prevention has uh, an upfront cost, um, and you don't see the kind of benefit, and uh, people can't necessarily always associate the cost with the benefit that comes from that um and so uh that's why yeah uh hopefully though they, they, that um we will see better education but i'm not going to hold my breath anytime soon with the the, the current union setups we have all you got to do is put a safe tackle line and tell the guys tackle south of that line simple that yep, is it you're doing great work there boa um, but when, it, when 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 I, when, I, when I actually see that on the uh, training jerseys uh, that I, that, uh, that the All Blacks are selling, then I'll start. Um, then I'll start actually believing um, that, uh, that 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 that, that we're actually going going there. Hey, hey, hey. Darren, all they need to do is write me a check. I will give them uh, authority <laughs> to use my safe tackle line trademark and safe tackle framework trademark, and that's it. And then hopefully I can pump some of that money back into this show. And then we get a big audience. There you go. There you go. You see, you see the rugby? Quick, quick, quick. Buy it. Buy it. Sell. Ah, <laughs> uh, dearie me. Um, the uh, so yes. Yeah, so look, look, I'm not sure there's much more we can say on uh, on that one really. Um, the uh, let's uh, quick, quickly on the new TV rights deal in Australia. I'll be I'll be honest. Um, I have not read totally into this, but it sounds like 100 million um, bucks, which is um, which is decent money. It's apparently not as much as was originally offered by Fox. But that was pre-COVID, folks, um, and Fox would have negotiated that down big time um, come come COVID. So it's a, it's a pretty it's a good deal uh, about the kind of money that they could have um, they could have expected. Um, some just some uh, um, you got to say, Rayleigh Castle was doing the right thing going to market with the TV deal. Uh, even though she got took a lot of flack in the press, in the Fox-owned press in particular, um, at uh, at the time, um, but we'll see. Uh, but um, I say I think it was the right thing to do. They are going to have um, some uh, so, some games are going to be on free to air um, on Channel Nine in Australia, whatever that is. Let's be honest, um, it's the TV channel. I don't know how available that is. Um, I don't even own a TV. Let's be honest. Um, uh, and all the rest of the games are going to be streamed through a stream, tr through a Netflix-style streaming channel. That's a thing called Stan or something. Um, but so um, yeah, good to see that. So there's going to be stuff on free to air. Um, I think is, uh, is 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 a good um, is a good thing, Steve. Is, is, isn't it, Stephen? Oh, listen, I think so as well. I know, I know they were previously with with Fox TV and having been over to Australia on a couple of occasions. Trying to find rugby via Fox is very, very difficult. Uh, I know even during the uh, the Rugby World Cup, uh, being over in Australia at the time, finding the, the right coverage was just nigh impossible. There's a huge focus on uh, the NRL on, on, on Fox. That's pretty much uh, their pop puppy. So I, I think Channel 9 will basically broaden the horizon, um, even though uh, probably selective, selective games, but at least... The most important thing will be the opportunity for a lot of rugby supporters to uh, to watch rugby. I know a lot of the supporters in in Australia enjoyed 
watching uh, the New Zealand Super Rugby when it was on, and I know there's quite a few that watch Māori Ten Cup Rugby as well. Um, and uh, talking of uh, free, uh, any comments on that? Otherwise, I've got another topic to. You know, tremendous. Uh, hopefully, you know, Rugby Australia can pump some of that money back into the grassroots because, you know, over the last sort of few years, the club rugby uh, in the States have uh, really struggled. Um, and they've been actually guilty of, again, focusing too much on the, the top level, which is the Wallabies. Um, so, tremendous for Australia. I think there's going to be more people watching the game. And, of course, some of that funding, if they use it wisely, will go to the uh you know the the regional teams and um especially they've got they've got a good following in the shoot shield and some of the uh provincial local club competitions uh especially with the nrc where they're trying to revamp it into a, a competition very similar to INPC or might attend nrc is dead okay so the nrc is not part of the deal the nrc will not exist next year um they're going for a state of origin style uh competition which replaced the nrc um now I gotta say, I I gotta disagree with you here. I think in, in some ways that I mean, the shoot shield is probably stronger than it's ever been, um, and that um, quite a lot of club, clubs, um, particularly in the shoot shield, have been um, well, basically just spent the money strong players uh, and trying to in, in, trying to encourage players to come and play for them rather than actually spending it on proper grassroots. Um, so I think the, the Perth club rugby competition is going really well, backed by Andrew Forrester. Um, obviously, um, he has serious serious cash there. Uh, but you're right, they need, they need to work to ground grassroots, but some of the, the top-level grassroots competitions are, are going really well at the moment in Australia. Um, the, um, and so Aaron says, have we been watching um, Match Fit? Uh, no, I haven't, um, but I will say this. Um, junior, um, Polly and Ganga, we're behind you, and the New Zealand Barbarians playing the uh, the old boys. So, yeah, go Junior. Uh, he, he apparently was – it's match day today, so he apparently played in the game today. Uh, junior, who we've uh, – interviewed previously on this channel uh where we're um, fully behind you mate hope you went well in the uh, barbars game um against um the uh, match fit guys um i don't know if anyone else will be watching uh, that show you have to gents there was uh there's one thing i did forget to mention um the the two red cards the victims who are at the receiving end of the tackles or the high tackles Neither left or neither were taken off the field for an HIA. Neither were taken. So clearly a, a serious lapse there. Um, and, and, and again, guys, this is, this is what I'm talking about. If uh, World Rugby and all the officials and everyone are serious about making the game safe, uh, you know, they need to spend lesser time actually because no one, no one actually comes to watch, you know, the referees go on and on and on and pull out cards. If they're serious about player welfare and safety, concussion and head injuries. That is the first thing they need to do. Um, and of course, uh, you know, Swinton's uh, suspension, the four-match suspension, that clearly shows that the, the judicial system is working. I think the four matches is, is quite a fair ban, uh, depending on the severity, and they have sanctions well laid out. It was a, a medium-grade charge. So I was lucky to actually get four. It should have been six. Um, so, yeah, again, just adds more fuel to the fire of my argument. You know, have have uh, have an orange card, send him off for just 10 minutes, don't kill the game, um, and let the judiciary handle it. Right, we're not going back to cards. No See? more cards talk. Um, you, I, I do agree with you, though. The players who got hit should have gone off HIAs. Yes, more HIAs, folks. But no, we're talking about old fellas playing old, other old fellas on the barbarian side of things. So, yes, 
we're fully behind and I'm fully behind and I'm New Zealand barbarians on that one. Um, so, um, so yes. Um, breaking news. Next year, we will have Super uh, Sky Super Rugby Aotearoa. They have taken Sky has uh, um, has is going to have naming rights um, for um, for Super Rugby Aotearoa. Uh, it's just been um, announced, um, and um, the schedule, as we told you earlier, uh, will kick off on the twenty sixth of February um, with the ten weeks of games um, before a winner takes all final. Um, at the end of it. Um, so uh, when would that be? Um, so the uh, um, the Chiefs will have an opening round by, um, apparently. Uh, I'm just trying to find the dates of that final, if they've mentioned it um, uh, anywhere. But, um, yeah, so starting, as we said earlier, on um, the uh, 20... What did I say? 26th of February. Um, so, boys, what do you think of a 26th of February start? Um, it's still summertime, isn't it? It's, it's, it's still cricket season. So it's still, uh, tell you what, it's a little bit later than what it normally starts. Because if I think back to, oh, earlier, if I think back to earlier this year, it actually started earlier, didn't it? Super rugby. It did first week of February. First week of February. So it's actually a, it's actually almost a month later. Paul, there you go. But this this okay, this year it started early because of the the new um, international window, um, and um, the um, let's go back to when. Uh, the first weekend of, of um, oh dear, it was very difficult looking at tribe sports happens. They're trying to get through all the different types of um, thick, thick round Friday, ones and week ones. And Friday the 31st of January was the first Friday of January. Okay. 31st of January, yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. If we go back to, to last year, I'm pretty sure it was last weekend, the, the last weekend in um, and the 15th of February. Okay, so yeah, so slightly later than than uh, the, the normal. You're quite right. Um, so, so okay. So a later start than the normal, which is um, which will be which will be uh, good. It means we have wetter, soggier ground um, than the uh, dry, hard, fast ones. Um, so, <laughs> for those of you on the podcast, Stephen is is, is, is shaking his head. Um, at, no, um, it's, uh, it won't be. It won't be. It won't be wet, wet and soggy. <laughs> it'll still be pretty. Still be pretty hard. I think we'll still be pretty much in the middle of the cricket season. At that uh, point in time, yeah, it's gonna be it's um, gonna be a fast firm. It's gonna be a, a good three, as opposed to a heavy eleven <laughs> in horse racing terms. Yeah. The, so yeah, so the final will be on the eighth of May. Um, will be the um, with the top two playing off for a um, for a winners for a winner takes um, takes takes all. Um, the um, and uh, which then. Uh, on the assumption that we get back to normality, which clearly we're not expecting to, um, we would then see an in, the international window. International window is in July, um, uh, in theory. So that still gives you a month and a half then to play potential crossover games with um, Super Rugby AU in that sort of Super uh, or Champions Cup style uh, competition afterwards. And I would imagine that that's what uh, that we're looking at doing in that window after the eighth of May. Uh, would be my guess, and you'd hope that uh, they are working with Super Rugby AU. Clearly, uh, so with, with Australia Rugby, clearly Australia Rugby are only just um, the uh, have only just announced uh, their um, uh, their TV deal. So uh, clearly, some 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 time before they get announced their actual dates. Um, as as the Hushman says, yeah, apparently Pfizer has cured us all. Yeah, well, I'll believe it when I've got the uh, needle in my arm. 
um, and curing me. So, um, but until then, um, that's uh, that, that, I guess that, that's that's how it kind of um, fits in. Um, there'll be f now this this is one piece I disagree with here uh, is that um, on the whole it's going to be Friday and Saturday evening games. I think with four family friendly Sunday afternoon kickoffs. Um, one of the problems they've had in Australia um, is um, people uh, can't um, uh, remember um, when the games are on. If you have it at the same time every weekend, people just know. You just, you just whack on the telly at 7 o'clock or 7.30 on a Friday night or Saturday night or 2 p.m. on a Sunday. But if you keep switching things around, people get out of that routine um, and uh, the casual fan can't just flick on the telly and watch a game. So, um the um so yes so i will um so on that one folks i think they've made the wrong decision uh, they should either go for evening games or afternoon game and just and, and have it one or the other not switching it around because i say i think people people won't some um, know when to when to throw on their tv and uh, people are people are creatures of habit um so i'm ashamed so that that piece i do um uh, dis uh, disagree with folks um your thoughts I, I look, uh, Steve, uh, sorry, uh, Paul, very, very valid point. Humans are habitual creatures and especially casual fans, given that Australia have announced this new TV deal. If they have it at the same time, you will see a lot of casual fans tuning in. But if they start, you know, playing around with it and tinkering with this, it's, it is going to cause a few issues. So um, I think, uh, you know, starting early-ish February, it's, 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 it's going to have a, a, a good lead-up. And once we wrap up uh, Super Rugby, there's going to be uh, ample opportunity to build on some run-on form, pick your squads, and then lead into the international test window. So I, I think you know it'll be really good. And if NZR work hand in hand with uh, Rugby Australia, I think it's going to be a very fruitful and productive year. We're going to see uh, a lot of high-quality uh, games, and hopefully, uh, financially, both unions will have a decent windfall. Um, I'm disappointed. Apparently, the match um, had ended up with the uh, match 15 finished 50, Barbarians 43. Um, so uh, Junior lo Junior lost was on the losing end of that game. Uh, it's a travesty. I say recount, recount, play the game again. Uh, fake news, it's all gone wrong. I, I bet there were no <laughs> red cards. Nine, 93 points in the game, no red cards, no yellow. <laughs> I bet there were plenty of high shots, but hey, they just got over there. <laughs> Oh uh, dear! Sorry, um, I had to get you. <laughs> <I think, laughs> um. So yeah. So yeah. I, I, I think we're done, guys. Are we? I think we are. Fabulous. Um. There's the Autumn Nations Cup kicking off this weekend. Um. And uh, so I got my daughter. So I probably won't be staying up all night watching all the games, but I will be weekends afterwards. Um. So um. We'll get into more of that in the weeks to come. Um, great to see Fiji and Georgia getting the opportunity against Tier 1 teams. I've got a funny feeling that Georgia are going to get absolutely pasted, um, and you'll learn, actually, that they wouldn't do any better than Italy in the Six Nations. Um, but uh, we will wait and see. It will be interesting to see how they go. But some fantastic to see Fiji uh, get this opportunity, as long as they can all stay COVID-free, um, which is going to be the big the big thing. They've unfortunately had a couple of uh, a few cases in their one um and um so yes so um as simon says uh, the island wales match is at um eight in the morning on sky sports i think it's eight saturday 8 a.m saturday morning 
Um, so I might be able to catch that one. Um, but apart from that, um, yeah, um, middle of the night games. Uh, thank you very much, Stephen, for joining us on the uh, Driving Mall Show. Um, a pleasure to have you back yet again. I'll be uh, once. Yeah, thanks again, Paul. Just to remember, too, I will be attending a game this weekend. I will be up in Kaikoui, and I'll be uh, re- we will be attending the North and Tanifa, the Waikato match. Hopefully, by then, North and will know exactly what they have to do, and also Waikato as well will still be eyeing a place in the Premiership semi-finals. Yep, hopefully, and uh, the um, I guess that's my only dis- disappointing thing is I think that. Uh, I, um, is that Auckland looks like the, having the only home final that we'll probably be able to get to um, unless uh, some unless results go our way uh, so we can get to more of the uh, semi-finals. But um, so, yes, yeah, so go Auckland, beat Canterbury, finish top of the table. We might be able to get a, a semi-final and a final we can get along to uh, to bring you post-match reaction uh, interviews from. Just, Paul, just before you do run, it will be interesting if we, if Harbour are able to get the victory that might almost see a, a first versus fourth place, and I'm pretty sure that the uh, the the Auckland boys they're still a little bit dark on that loss to uh, Harbour over at North Harbour Stadium. So that would be a cracker if that game was on again at Eden Park. Very true, very true. Um, thank you, Roger Boa, for joining us yet again. I see if uh, you're, you're slowly building your studio uh, in the same way that I am here, as we've both moved house um, recently. Um, so. Uh, just one parting shot this round this weekend the round of upsets so watch out this time next week we'll be talking about it that much I'm sure and go with Tanifa very very keen on them and I I think uh, bonus point win that's that's going to be a huge up <laughs> Boa with his with his passing high shot there um, the um, on, 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 on that one um, and um, thank you very much folks don't forget uh, we'll be back here at 8pm next Tuesday um, and also, you can head over to uh, to patreon.com forward slash sports radio uh, if you would like to support the channel. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 